Hey everybody, welcome back to the podcast. It is The Daily for Thursday morning and we are wrapping up what happened on Wednesday afternoon in here at Ohio State's Pro Day. An, ex- an ex- exhibition of the stars. That's right. In front of probably the largest crowd that I can recall here, maybe since 2015 and that display. That's Bill Landis and Jeremy Birmingham. I am Austin Ward. Um, yeah, a lot of people here and I don't really know what I learned <laughs> about what happened at Pro Day, except CJ Stroud is still good. Yep. Beyond that, I don't know. Was there, we'll else, next time. was there anything else going on? Uh, For me, yeah, the most impressive thing on. of the day is that I'm realizing watching Cade Stover run routes that he broke his back three months ago, and he's out here looking mm. like That's a good. dude. Yeah. Um, I was also, I'm not, I'm trying to project the real Ohio State team, not guys, not fake Buckeyes who are no longer Buckeyes. <laughs> That's a joke, everyone. Whoa. Relax. Uh, Jaden Ballard, yeah. uh, I, I, you finally saw a little bit of that speed that, like, has opened people's eyes when, when they talk about him. And well, you on the last throw of the day, CJ Stroud put one out there and Jaden had to really turn on the Jets to go get it. And that was a moment where you're like, oh, if that can happen in the football season, that that's a that's an offense changer. Now he has to catch the ball and all those things. He caught but, it today. Yeah. I didn't know that someone could be moving as fast as Jaden Ballard was. And then, like, without stopping or, like, gearing up, just suddenly start going faster. And he did. He found, like, another level to get to that. Because CJ CJ said it was his best throw, his favorite throw of the, of the throwing program. It was, like, a movement throw. He threw it out to the, I guess, the post a little bit. And uh, Jaden had to, like, catch up to him, basically. And it was pretty impressive feat of speed, I think, that for him to change gears the way he did and go get that ball. I don't think anybody has ever doubted the pure athletic ability of Jaden Ballard, and that was definitely on display on here. Now, again, there weren't there weren't pads, there weren't defensive backs, there, were there no weren't <laughs> yeah, there wasn't anything else going on out there. But you can understand why people fall in love with his pure skill set. Like that's pretty impressive stuff. It was, uh, and you know, he wasn't the only guy. You saw Xavier Johnson doing a lot of stuff, Jackson Smith and Jigba. It's just I, I mentioned it before. Like it sucks that you didn't get to see Jackson and Marvin on the field really together this season, but. Watching those guys out here today, you get that like, oh man, it's just a shame. Marvin is so different than any receiver I've ever seen. But when you see the way Jackson moves and, and you think about how that could have complemented uh, each other during the season, you, it really does like the little pang of regret. Like, oh, sh- yeah. nuts. <laughs> well, especially when CJ Stroud is throwing the yeah. football to them. Yeah. Because that's a pretty fun thing to watch. It was. There was a. I didn't ask Ryan Day about this because. He was in a media scrum, and frankly, he didn't look like he wanted to be there, so I didn't want to bother him uh, with another question. But uh, I think when you watch C.J. Stroud throughout his career here, you see all these like touch throws and these layered throws over defenders, and I think you lose an appreciation for the velocity that he has, and that's certainly improved, I think, over the years that he's been here. But, man, that ball really jumps out of his hand, um, and he doesn't – I don't think he's trying to force it. I don't think he's trying to show people that. It just comes naturally, and I think when, when you think about guys like Anthony Richardson and Will Levis in this draft, stronger arm guys that – maybe blow people away with that stuff. I'm not saying CJ's arm is as strong as theirs, but it's plenty strong enough. Um, and there were a lot of people in here, uh, you know, understandably so, who seemed pretty enamored with CJ. Right? Nine guys from the Panthers? Yeah, the, the entire um, Panthers no, organization was I, here. I think it was 14, plus both of their owners decided to come in, which I don't recall that ever happening for an Ohio State Pro Day. Not saying it doesn't happen anywhere, but I know that I've not seen that here with the ownership coming in, plus they had their local be reporters, their in-house media come in to get a lot of coverage uh, of C.J. Stroud. I don't know that the decision has been finalized. They're all, those people are going to Tuscaloosa to see Bryce Young as well, and they still have a month to make up their mind. But 
I have a hard time believing that you trade up for somebody who's a project, and CJ Stroud is not that. He's the most pro-ready of anybody in that group. He's also the one that we know the most about, but the throws that he made today, I drifted kind of out of that media pin and escaped the cage for a little bit. Sneaky, got over, got over there, yeah. yeah. Um, I know my way around occasionally <laughs> in here. And uh, Kyle McCord and Devin Brown were right behind CJ, just like, even they were impressed by what was happening out there. Like The throws were incredible. CJ was uh, on himself because he had a, uh, two incompletions maybe or two balls that he wasn't real happy about. But, man, the rest of it was just – he's throwing 60-yard bombs like and not even breaking a sweat. It was, it was crazy. His arm talent is so special. I think that what we're really being forced to realize is we, we joke about the standard being the standard. At this point – Kyle McCord and Devin Brown are there. They're watching. Those guys have to be first-round picks, right? <laughs> like, there will not be a quarterback on the Ohio State roster that is expected to be a starter here. I mean, I, there are certainly going to be depth pieces and stuff like that over the next few years. But the brain trust behind the quarterback room at Ohio State, if it is not a first-round pick in their mind, if that kid is not a surefire Heisman finalist first-round pick, that is a player who's not going to be recruited by Ohio State anymore quarterback. And the change in that philosophy from five years ago to now is about the greatest difference in one position group in that short amount of time. I'd, I'd like to say I've ever seen, but then the wide receivers are obviously in the same group. <laughs> yeah. But the passing game here has elevated so much in the last five years that you don't even recognize what they used to recruit at that position. And I don't even think that's that's in here. Like, it is in here, obviously, but I think it, it extends now to the NFL. Like, yeah. Brian Day's having conversations with Pete Carroll and uh, – Mike, uh, Mike, I forgot his name. Mike Vrabel. You know, Mike Vrabel. He used to play here. Mike Vrabel. <laughs> oh, yeah. Mike. Yeah, Mike. Oh, Mike. Coach, Coach V. Um, and then, like, Brian Hartline's down here on the side talking with Brian Dayball and uh, Joe Shane, the GM of the New York Giants. Like, I think now it's the expectation at Ohio State that they have an NFL passing attack with a first-round quarterback and a couple of first-round receivers in it, in, every year. And if it doesn't meet that standard, it's like a failure, yeah. which is borderline impossible to uphold. But... I mean, they've done it for a couple they, of years, so I guess they can keep doing it moving forward. Doing it three times in a row is yeah. difficult in its own right. That shouldn't yes. be taken for granted, what no. CJ did, because the standard had already been elevated from Dwayne to Justin and then beyond that. And that, There's only so much higher you can get. Like If CJ does go number one overall, you can't do better than that. The best you could do is match it. Does that do anything for them, Burn? Like, if, if you, like, is producing first round quarterbacks enough, or does number one do anything extra uh, for their recruiting? I mean, efforts? There's obviously visibility that you want and the, all the extra attention that goes in number one. Even if you look at Lincoln Riley and the Heismans in the last couple of years, they don't have a number one overall. I, I guess Kyler Murray is number one overall. Yeah. But, like, the difference between CJ Stroud and Kyler Murray, I think, from a quarterback development standpoint, should be fairly <laughs> obvious. Kyler Murray's a freak athlete. I'm not taking anything away from him, but. It doesn't matter. I mean, it's all pieces that all these little check boxes that you're trying to go if you're Ryan Day and you're on the recruiting trail and you're telling quarterbacks, well, sure, we had three straight number one picks. We have a number one or three straight first round picks, a number one overall pick, four straight Heisman finalists. Like that all matters. Every data point matters. And I think from a pride standpoint, it certainly would mean something to Ryan Day and the program. Ohio State hasn't had a number one overall pick since Dan Wilkinson, I don't think. Uh, Orlando Pace Orlando, in 96, yeah. and Dan Wilkinson in 93, and then Tom Cousineau in 90, 79 or something like that. So you're talking four maybe ever in the history of this program, and so it certainly matters. Hey, I mean, it's easiest to look at the quarterback and the wide receivers to make some evaluations. Was there anything else from Pro Day that you thought was, jumped out to you, Bill? 
Yeah, I mean, Tanner McAllister kind of backed up what we saw out here last week when we got the, the sneak peek at the, the Pro Day trial run, I guess. Um, I don't know exactly what he ran. Did you, get, did you get that number? He told me that he ran, again, so for whatever reason, I would, and I would very much <laughs> like to figure out what the explanation is, whether it's an NFL policy or whatever, Pro Days don't have the laser timing out here, even though Mick's got all that stuff back there that they can use, so that was hand time, and there were variants. Like, so Cam Brown doesn't really know what he ran. He heard times that were as low as 4.3 and as high as 4.9. Now, he may, if he had been fully healthy, he may have had a better idea. He may have sought that out. Uh, he still wasn't fully healthy. But Tanner McAllister very confidently said 4.44 was what he thought. Yeah, he, which he is 4.45 last week when we were here. So that yeah, is. and the split was like 1.49. And like if you stack up, he did 22 on the bench when we were here last week. I'm sure he did 22 again today. He said. 23 was most of the way up and then it was snatched out of his hands and he okay. wasn't really happy about that. Yeah, he looked really good doing the broad jump and like if you if you just stack up his numbers compared to guys who were actually at the combine, they're pretty favorable if not better than most. Now, that's only part of the equation. The tape matters. I don't the tape is okay I think for Tanner McAllister. He plays a lot of college football. I think he's pretty versatile. Um, so he's like when days like this you think to yourself like who's a guy that is not getting talked about a ton and might sneak his way into the back end of the draft. I think you have to start talking about Tanner McAllister. Yeah. Agreed. Uh, I thought Zach Harris had acquitted himself well. He didn't run the 40 again. I, why? I don't know. Maybe he just doesn't think he needs to. Maybe he... He said... They, he was asked why. He said for reasons. I mean, <laughs> that's fair. Are they allowed to do that, like, on NFL visits? I don't think run. you do full workouts there, no. But, I mean, he, everything else, he looked good. I mean, he looked big. He Jumped 10-3, I think. I mean, he, he, Zach's such a freak that the, that 40 time, if it's 4-4-5 four, four, or 4-5-2, four, I don't know that it really makes a huge difference for him, but... He certainly looked like the. I thought Teron Vincent had a good day. If you're talking about guys who just looked, you know, spry. I thought Teron Cage like looked kind of explosive. He looks uh, a little slimmer maybe than what he played at when he was here, and, and most guys do because they're training for stuff like this. But um, moved pretty well. I don't know. I don't know what his draft prospects are. But he looked like a good athlete. I continue to be impressed by Mitch Rossi, and uh, I mean he's he ran really well last week when we were here, and then he backed it up again today. And uh, generally speaking. Everyone looks like they put in some real work towards us. Luke Ripper looks incredible. Yeah, he does. Yeah. Um, and, and Paris looks great. It, it, you're going to see a very active Ohio State contingent in the first two days of the draft. Uh, Dewan Jones did not work out at all on, on Wednesday. Ronnie Hickman did not work out at all on Wednesday. So don't really know why. Not everyone talked to the media afterwards, but pretty good from the guys that were here. Yep. Dewan did talk, but I still don't really feel like I came away understanding why what the issue was, but uh, I think he's he in an interesting. Combine, I think right? he's in an interesting spot where he had a really good day one of the Senior Bowl, and he had a good combine. And like when you're on the the, the cusp of the first round, might it be to your benefit to to leave them wondering a little more <laughs> about what the prospects are rather than come out and do something that makes people think like, oh, you know what, he's a second round guy. Yeah. Well, one thing I wonder, and maybe it's just me getting in my head. This field is a whole lot different than it was five six years ago, and I wonder if this field is slower than it used to be. Oh, you, slow track or something, huh? You were saying that in India, and I was like, I'm not sure that I agree with that. They're like, people that want to get on the fast track in the woody, I don't... This is different turf yeah. completely. Well, it used to be like a very fast yeah. track in here, but now there's so much of this rubber pellet crap in the ground that it, it is different. It's hard to even walk in here normally. Yeah. Guys, I, <laughs> including the person that we are running our documentary series on with Dream Chaser, had problems slipping on this turf again, just like they did in the horseshoe for the last couple of years. Cam went back. Uh, Cam Brown went back on a on a back pedal in the DB drill and wound up on his face. Yeah, not 
something that I think he was expecting or hoping or thrilled to have happen. But like, we have seen that in here a yeah. good bit. I don't. It's bizarre the uh, turf issues that they've been having. Yeah, I don't listen. I'm not a turf expert. What I do know is that the NFL would like its teams to get rid of this same turf that Ohio State has here and in the shoe, and maybe there's uh, something to that. There should be. Probably is. Bradley Robinson also. He was happy. I don't know how to evaluate long snapping uh, pro day workouts, but he said it went well. Like, what's the question here? The ball got to his target. The ball hit the target. He's very good at that. He's been snapping good. Doing it for a long time. He was cleared to do some blocking stuff. NFL teams, he's got tons of film, as we know, from being around. So he's had meetings and he came away happy as well. I will take his word from it. He's never lied to me and he never will. So it went well for him. He's obviously trying to uh, find a way to get into a camp and uh, undrafted free agent route, which is his preferred way at this point, even though everyone would love to get drafted. But it's good to have a plan. Bold prediction? Yeah. Bradley Robinson will be a Cincinnati Bengals. Mm. Wow. Do you need a long snapper? Oh, they do. Yeah. Okay. Did you go ever ask everybody else where they're going? Or No, I mean, I didn't ask Bradley either. I'm just That's... I'm just predicting it. Okay. Speaking is Paris Johnson going to be an eagle? Uh... Probably not. No. Yeah, is CJ going to be a Panther? Yes. I do, I, I am. I am I very so. high on Bryce Young as a quarterback. Don't get me wrong; like the guy's really talented. But if you just stack him up, you can't say that what you've seen on film from Bryce Young is that much better than CJ Stroud. But if you put them next to each other, you can say that you could not reasonably pick the guy who's five foot ten. At 175 pounds over the guy who's six foot three and a half, 230. You just can't do it. Yeah, Not in the NFL. And that's like these guys that are out here, they're as they're as close as I am to Berm when they're evaluating these guys with their eyeballs. I just I also have a really hard time seeing Carolina Panthers being this close proximity to Bryce Young. Like he's a little dude. Like he yeah. just is. He's an incredible athlete. He's fun as hell to watch. He's just really small. That would make me nervous. That's, you you won't stack them up on the same field again, but as, if you're going from Columbus to Tuscaloosa for a pro day, and those are the two things that are in your mind. Like, and it's tomorrow. It's Thursday. Right? Yes. Yeah. Like I, I, I don't. I don't understand it. Yeah, it is later on today. <laughs> Wink. And Ohio State's going to have a, a practice out here too. So you know we better get off their field and get out of the way. Well, practice, spring practice number four coming later on Thursday, and then the scrimmage on Saturday. Super massive, critically important scrimmage. Massive. Everyone is saying it, uh, and. The fate One. of the season is it's hinging is on the line on Saturday. Number five out of however many practices there are, 46. <laughs> because they carry over in August, I'm told. That's Bill Landis and Jeremy Birmingham. I'm Austin Ward. Thanks for joining us on the podcast daily for Thursday morning. A lot more coverage coming your way at ohiostate.rivals.com and on the podcast. We'll see you there.